Hi, I'm Vincent Andrasani, and this is episode 20 of The Place of Sound. Thanks very much for tuning into this episode, and thanks also to those who've been following along through the last few episodes of the show. For those of you who are listening for the first time, The Place of Sound is a show that explores the theme of space, or the social geography, using sound and listening. We do so through a variety of audio media production formats, so you can expect to do a few different types of listening in a single show. Episodes consist of what we refer to as audio portraits, or oral history style interviews that explore the topic of home. Soundscape compositions, which use everyday sounds to communicate the personal and social significance of a given place. And we typically end the episode with a short documentary style piece that over recent months has explored the topic of social isolation, something we know all too well as a result of our lockdown experiences. These are the types of projects that you can expect to hear on The Place of Sound, and all of them are produced by students here at Carleton University. They're what gets produced in Comms 4501 Digital Media Production, which is a fourth-year workshop course in the Communication and Media Studies program. Now in this episode, we're gonna do something a little different. This is the first of a three-part retrospective listen to the work that's been aired on The Place of Sound during 2021. We're gonna listen back to this work, one project type at a time. Now in this episode, we'll focus on the audio portrait, a genre of audio media production designed to represent an individual through a moment of storytelling. To produce an audio portrait, one begins with an interview, and in the case of these assignments, Interviews explore the topic of home, an idea that most everyone has something to say about. These interviews last about 20 minutes, and in the recordings there are two voices that are audible. The interviewer, who's asking the questions, and the interviewee, who of course responds to them. The interviews are then edited down into a two to three minute piece where the interviewer removes their own voice in order to arrive at a narrative that offers the illusion of a monologue. The aim is to develop a single cohesive story using as much of the interview as necessary. The result is that the interviewee is framed, so to speak, using sound, in much the same way that a photographer might do using the photographic image. And we refer to this form of audio media production as the audio portrait. So in this episode, we'll feature some of the audio portraits that aired on the Place of Sound in 2021. We'll listen to seven of them in total, and they are the following. Missing Warm Skies by Janique Gooden. Home is Far Away by Yaking Zhao. Finding Home by Ladia Omoruyi, Home is Evolving by Claudia Gleason, Home Cooked by Morgan Jones, 
Home is Where the Heart Is by Yusuf Syed Harris. And lastly, Do Nothing Place by Ian McRae. Each student will jump in to offer a quick introduction to their piece before we listen to it. They'll give you a sense of whose voice you'll be hearing and what the conversation will be about. But we'll begin with a project that I'll introduce myself. This audio portrait by Janique Gooden is titled Missing Warm Skies, and it won't be too long before you realize why it's been given this title. The piece consists of a dialogue between Janique and her mother, and it was recorded over Zoom since they were living in different cities at the time. During their dialogue, Janique's mum talks fondly about her life in Jamaica, remembering the warmth of the sun, the joy of the music, and the fun that she had while she lived there. I'll let them tell you the details. So Janique, over to you. where it's very warm climate for climate is different the sunshine oh i love the sunshine <laughs> the, the, the music on uh, the road it, they're just going down the street and there's music here and music there the churches you know we have a lot of fun home stories the child growing up at home we know how to make things out of nothing and be happy with that. Like we will use a piece of wood and our two pieces, put them together and make a go-kart. We use um, milk, milk carton, stuff with paper and make it as a ball and we play in the street. Those are some of the, the, the stuff we do home, which I know you cannot do here. Where am I now is more quieter than where I was before. It's hard work. Very multi. It's very mu- multicultural. It's very promising. I feel comfortable. Quite comfortable, I should say. Security, love. When I have picnics with friends, I have here now. It's a lot of different places I've been. Uh, like a place called Crystal Beach, where we get to um, play in the water close by. You know, the big park where we 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 do a lot of different things. So you know, that's one of the stuff we used to do back home. We go to the beach. So Crystal Beach is one of them around me at home. Only, only in the summertime um, here, because summertime here you get to go for walks, run with the warm sunshine, and that made me think of Jamaica because that's what Jamaica is. The, you know, when we have the summer, the summer, the summer, the summer climate. You know, home here changed a bit. Now it's like I have emptiness and there's no more children around. My kids going off to college and moving away from me. That's the emotion. Well, sometimes I'm, sometime I'm sad and sometimes I'm happy, you know, that they grown up and they on their own doing their own thing. They don't need to rely on me anymore unless they really need to. Kind of miss that sometimes. Family, family makes a home. Your kid, your 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 husband, your wife, your children, your grandchildren, the people, your family, friends. Every every neighbor is your aunt and your uncle, even if you don't relate it to them. 
Although a home can be anywhere you live, where you're happy, it's a home. Where you're most comfortable, yeah, that's a home. Anything that, that makes a home. Mm-hmm. Hi everyone, my name is Yaqing. I'm a fourth year student studying at Carleton University. In this audio portrait project, I got the chance to talk to one of my close friend Hu Zhen, who is also an international student. She comes from Guangzhou, which is located in the southern part of China. In the audio, she not only talks about her hometown memory and her current life in Ottawa, but also shared her mixed feeling as an international student living abroad. She expressed her confusion towards her self-identity and towards the future ahead. Hi, my name is Jin. I come from China, and my hometown city is Guangzhou, uh, where a big city in the southern part of China. And I'm now studying communication and media studies in the Carleton University. I have already left my home for about four years now. I think one of the things I miss the most is the food in Guangzhou. And you know, Guangzhou is famous for its Guangdong dim sum, and everybody should know it, right? I can still remember the smell of the food and the smell of cigarettes mixed together in the summer evenings when I hang out with my friends and families. I think that represents Guangzhou in my memory. And I also remember that when I was in my high school, there was a breakfast shop on my neighborhood. I really liked to go there with my friends in the early morning to have breakfast there and then head out to school. But unfortunately, after the first year of study here in Ottawa, uh, when I came back home that summer, my mom told me that the sh- breakfast shop was closed due to the unknown reasons. And at that moment, I felt so sad because I didn't even get a chance to say goodbye to the owner. And I also felt that part of the memory in Guangzhou just disappeared. At that moment, I also realized that my hometown is experiencing the rapid change. I think it's already turning into somewhere that I'm not familiar as before. In Ottawa, it's more quiet. The lifestyle is more slow. So it doesn't have many dazzling commercial streets as Guangzhou has. But after four years living here, I felt like I started to yield to my habit, which I think it's kind of terrible because I started to get used to the life routine here. However, Ottawa is still somewhere far away from my definition of home. But the weird thing is that when I went back to Guangzhou last year, there was a sense of alienation to me as well because the city is still uh, is still developing. So... The, like the city construction, the economic development are, are all like rapidly changing. So I felt like Guangzhou is not the city I was familiar with as before. And when I finally got a sense of familiarity after my, my four-month stay in Guangzhou, I had to go back to Ottawa again. So I feel like I no longer have a home according to the traditional definition. So I'm sometimes confused about my identity. I'm not a, I'm not belong to Guangzhou anymore, but I'm also not a Canadian. Hi, my name is Ladia. And for this audio portrait assignment, I decided to interview my mom, Jacqueline, on the subject of home. So we talked about physical home versus psychological home. We also talked about making and finding homes in different spaces. My mom has 
lived in a couple different countries around the world. So that idea of making home was really important. And lastly, we also talked about people as home and the importance of having friends and family in these spaces you consider home, especially right now during the pandemic. So that was our interview and I hope you enjoy it. Home is where you feel most at ease. It's where you feel contented, is where you feel happiest. It's where you feel inspired. Home is where you also feel relaxed. Physical home for me is here in Toronto. Home is also in England. And home is also in Jamaica. Because those are the three places that anchor my sense of self and when i am in each of those places i feel at home and sometimes when i speak of going home i have to specify well which going home are you going to because it's a reflection of my own migration my own history physical and psychological home has different connotations depending on where i'm at and what i'm doing when i go to england it takes me straight back to my childhood so there's a sense of not nostalgia so much but much more in the sense of how things have changed and if i had stayed in england what would my life what would my life have been like if i'd stayed in england but the moment i land back in toronto it's like yay i'm home (laughs) because i chose to come here um and i have i like to visit my other two homes as in england and jamaica but i have no interest in returning to those places to live this is my home um i'm claiming a small space on this tiny little space on this land that we share when i think of home it's never just the place it's the people that are there especially during this time of covid it's really brought home the importance of having friends and family um living in an apartment especially by myself yeah it's home it's comfortable but it sure as hell is boring so when i think of home in england it's my sister and the rest of the family there but predominantly it's my sister and the need to spend time with her when i'm in toronto home is um my outdoor friends it's like i can call up one friend like i did last week and it's like okay let's go for a walk and we spent three, four hours. We both belong to the outdoor club. So for us, spending three, four, five hours walking is not a problem. In the summer, it's get on the bicycle and we're doing 50K. Home is a place, but it's the people who make the place. Hi, my name is Claudia Gleason, and I'm a fourth year communications and media student at Carleton University. For this audio portrait, I chose to interview my friend Emily, as we had previously spoken on topics pertaining to religion, home, and family. Over the next couple of minutes, it will become increasingly clear that the only constant for Emily is that home is continuously shape-shifting, adapting, and evolving. The idea of home is something that has evolved over time. Growing up in Indonesia, home was wherever I was with my family. From there, I would say home evolved into the building that I grew up in, in Napanee. At that time, also, we were very a part of a Christian community, a Christian church there. That was definitely something that I would consider home or like an extension of family. We were part of the youth group and went to the services every Sunday. I sang on the choir, that kind of thing. So... That was a big part of what I would consider home when I think back on those times. 
I think that my understanding of church and religion really tie into my foundations of understanding my identity and my understanding of home. The people that I went to church with every Sunday for all those years and the people I volunteered with, the kids that I taught in Sunday school, all those people kind of made up my family at the time. It was that idea of shared values and shared spirituality that really made us feel uh, tight-knit, like we had something important in common. And I think that's a big part of what home means to me, that shared investment in something and in each other. Parts of who I am now didn't really fit into that idea. So, for example, my queerness, which is a big part of who I am, and being out is a big part of what I consider home, that wasn't something that was acceptable. There wasn't room for that in my life growing up in this church family. When I go home now, I think it's not so much that there's a part of me that I'm hiding, but that there are different parts of me that show or that shine brighter. My family is still very religious, and I consider myself to not be religious. So going home, there's obviously this missing connect in some ways, where we don't have that shared value anymore, that shared investment. So the different parts of me that shine through are maybe the investment in each other, or investment in uh, loving each other better, or loving people in general well. I think... The parts of me like my queerness are still very real, but they don't have as much of a place in that kind of setting as they would on my own in my life here in Ottawa, perhaps. I love thinking about what I'm going to do when I have a family of my own in terms of what home will look like. I think there's a lot of, you know, traditions that I grew up with that I'll want to keep with me, some underlying themes or values that I grew up with that I want to pass on to my children. In terms of religion, I don't want to be someone who dictates what my children believe in any way, but that also means that I don't want them to feel like they have to have no religion like their mom. I had a therapist when I was younger, and the one thing that I took away from that was when she said, the I is the home, which means that you are the only thing that you take with you. You and who you are and your identity is the thing that you have to make sure that you are most happy with and that you find the most joy in. So for me, that's been a really important part of my journey as I try to figure out where my home is. Hey everyone, my name is Morgan Jones. I'm a fourth year student at Carleton University in the Communications and Media Studies Honors Program. Uh, so for this audio portrait project, I was fortunate enough to speak with Malcolm Taylor about his concept of home, capturing the idea that home is not just a physical dwelling or the place you sleep, but it's also a memory, a feeling, and in his case, the smell of his Vavos Portuguese shrimp. Check it out. I remember walking into my Vavos house when I was younger and every time I would go over to her house there would always be this distinct smell that I could never really figure out what it was or where it was coming from until I got a little bit older and I realized that that smell was pimenta moida which is like a Portuguese marinade. So I went over with my family one night and uh, it was a special occasion we were having family up from Hamilton 
in, in Portuguese culture, it's sort of inherent that when you all get together, you do have a meal and you have conversation. And so my vovó was cooking Portuguese shrimp for me because she knew that it was my favorite. And I remember when the when the shrimp was put out onto the dinner table, I was so infatuated by the smell that I ate 13 shrimp and I remember that I ended up getting a stomachache. And so the smell of the shrimp and hearing my family speak Portuguese to one another and, and the taste of the Portuguese food, it just felt like a really a really happy night and it just felt really nice to be surrounded by family. So fast forward to about third year university, I was at Walmart and I saw that shrimp had gone on sale. So I picked some up, not really thinking much of it, until I got home and I saw that I had pimenta moida in the fridge. So I decided I would cook up Portuguese shrimp for dinner. And it wasn't really until I started to fry the onions and then melt the butter into it and, and add that pimenta moida paste and, and the shrimp. When it all came together in the pot, the aroma that I smelled definitely brought me back to feeling that sense of nostalgia of when I was sitting around my grandma's dinner table. And even though I can't really be with her now, when I cook that shrimp, it gives me a sense of uh, love and sort of security and safety of being around my family. It's just a really nice feeling. The following is an audio portrait that I conducted with my close friend, Moin Khan, who moved away from his home. He specifies the difficulties he had to overcome when he moved from Dubai to Mumbai at a very young age. He also talks about the positives of Dubai and Mumbai and now considers both of these places as his home. One day, my father comes back home and uh, breaks this news to the entire family that we'll be relocating. We were all very surprised. My mom was really happy because uh, we're going back to Mumbai where she's been born and brought up. On the other hand, uh, me and my siblings weren't really you know, excited about this move. Anyways, it was a matter of a few weeks before we moved on to packing and emptying the house. And before we knew it, uh, we were at the Chhatrapati Shivaji airport. Now, uh, there is a particular perception where India has only slums and there are um, a bad odor and it's a fast city and you know nobody really stops for anybody it's very similar to new york uh so initially it took us a while to realize that we're already here and our lives have uh, not stopped uh anywhere we are continuing this journey uh we've been put uh, in newer schools our lives are already here we were already in the middle of uh putting our furniture together and uh, going to schools and start making new friends. And it was tough because I started missing my friends and my family. My friends are my family. And um, I realized that Bombay is not that bad. Um, you know, there are some things about Bombay, just like Dubai. Uh, you know, when we uh, when I think about Dubai, I get this nostalgia when I have this ornament seed ring or, you know, I used to go to the gaming parlors with my friends to hang out. Um, same way in Bombay, you know, there are uh, certain things I would do. It's a city with a lot of heart. 
there are people are very helpful uh, thousands of people come every day to uh, pursue their dreams it's uh, actually called the city of dreams just like new york city uh, it's a really fast city they say people don't wait for each other but if someone's uh, stumbling or falling there will be 10 people to give you that hand so it's not that bad of a city um yeah i think uh, in most cases someone say, talks about home i believe they say home in a more of a singular sense but for me it's a plural i have two homes mumbai and dubai hello my name is Ian McRae and I'm a fourth year communications and media studies student here at Carleton and I'm also minoring in philosophy. The following audio portrait is a snippet of the interview I held with my girlfriend McKenna where we talked a lot about what home is to her. Already knowing her super well, I was excited to have the opportunity to talk to her in a way that we weren't used to and maybe having the opportunity to learn something new about her and the perspective she holds. What you're about to hear reveals how she sees home as a very flexible space full of work, relaxation, and family. I hope you enjoy, and thanks for listening. I guess comfortable. Um, I definitely would think of home as definitely somewhere where I'm warm and cozy, um, somewhere that I can relax a lot. Uh, I don't know. I guess, I guess similarly to how you'd think of like a couch or like a chair, you know, you sit, you relax, everything's, all the weight's taken off your legs, like you're just relaxed. I don't know. Safe in a sense. I'm just in my own world, I guess. Nothing else is going to affect me. Um, home is definitely a place where I can just sit and do nothing and no one's going to judge me. Um, that's where I recharge. I guess after like a long day of work, I could definitely have like a routine. It's different. It's there's things to do at home as well. Like as much as it is like a comfortable place, it's also like, okay, this is the place where I need to get things done, especially during coronavirus. It's a place where, um, you know, it's where my office is. It's where I sleep. It's where I eat. It's, it's everything. So yeah, as much as it is like a do it all place, it's also like a do nothing place. I decided to move out and live with my friend for a little while and then uh, coronavirus happened and my lease was up and then I was living with my boyfriend and then I was living with my grandparents. So home to me became much more subjective. Um, so yeah, sometimes it is seeing a dog, sometimes it is seeing my mom and dad and, and now it's seeing my grandparents, which has been amazing. But I live much more independently than I used to. So coming home isn't even necessarily seeing a single person. It's more just seeing where all my things are. Yeah, a sense of familiarity. I want my house to be um, somewhere where, like, my kids can have friends over and I can just say, hey, like, open the fridge and go grab a glass of water or, like, have a spare bedroom that's super comfortable. Like, I just want it to be a place where, like, I feel unjudged and, like, just comfortable in my own skin. But I also want it to be a place that everyone else can feel that way. Because um, my parents definitely had that, like, open door policy growing up. So I, I want to have that. Um, yeah, comfy furniture. Like I don't want everything to be super modern and cold and, you know, the gray hardwood and the white walls, like as beautiful as that is, I, I just really want it to be like warm and have like a big family and, and a big table and, you know, all that. Like I want it to be super welcoming and, and inviting. Thanks very much for tuning in to this episode of The Place of Sound. But before I sign off, a couple of quick notes. 
The first is about the Featured Works section on the Place of Sound website. It's a blog that presents some of the individual projects that you will hear or have heard on this show. On the site, you're of course able to play the audio work itself, but you can also see some of the original photos and the writing that students produce to go along with the audio. Since you can't read that writing or see those photos on the radio show, this is a great way to access it. So check that out in the blog section on theplaceofsound.ca. And the second is that we've now put together enough episodes that there's a bit of an archive emerging. To listen back to previous episodes, you can find them in two places, on ckcufm.com or on the website at theplaceofsound.ca. In the meantime, keep your ear out for upcoming episodes, which air on CKCU Radio every other Monday at 6.30pm. Until next time, thanks for listening to The Place of Sound.